Me, 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 but also you. <laughs> the Pharaoh fast forwards his favorite foreign film. Powder donut. <clears throat> okay, what's my line? Uh, the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the name and price tool from Progressive. Oh man, that's a tongue twister, huh? I'm sorry, I'm gonna need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous Walrus, the Bulbous Walrus. The name your price tool, only from Progressive. The owl and a foul of the comatose Coxswain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law. Hello and welcome. It's that time of the week again when Kunal and I have for y'all a new episode of the Inside Line F1 podcast. <laughs> we really hope you'll enjoyed the podcast awards that we put out last week. We've actually received some very good reviews, so grazie, as Sebastian Vettel would keep saying. <laughs> but Mithila, yet another week has passed. And we are now just two months away from the 2017 Australian Grand Prix. <laughs> but Kunal, we're still two months away. That just seems like an absolute eternity at this point. But honestly, yet another week has passed. And Kunal, we're yet to hear Mercedes announce Rosberg's replacement for 2017. Or basically, I mean, confirm Bottas for 2017. <laughs> <laughs> And there's also news that they're secretly working on announcing Vettel. That's just (laughs) pretty random. But then there was a statement by Claire Williams, so I guess it is only a matter of time. Yes, it is only a matter of time. And at this moment, it's all PR and they are making the most of this positive PR. So there's nothing wrong about it. I'm sure that you'd learned this whole PR bit from Ferrari. (laughs) But Hakkinen, Mika Hakkinen of all people, has jumped to Bottas' support. And he said that Bottas can actually win a world championship against Hamilton in the same car. Honestly, we'll know soon if that can happen or not. I have my doubts, but yeah. I don't know if it's just me, but each time I think of a Valtteri Bottas in the Mercedes... I think of Heike Kovalainen's years with McLaren, and I really hope it isn't. My, that time was highly forgettable, I think. (laughs) (laughs) And Berger has already recommended that Mercedes promote Verline rather than choosing Bottas. But I don't think Mercedes is listening (laughs) to anyone. (laughs) They aren't, because just minutes before we entered into the studio to record this week's episode, Pascal Verline was confirmed at Sauber for 2017. So, ladies and gentlemen, the news is out. Sauber has decided to sign on Pascal Verline at Felipe Nasser's expense, which also means that Pascal Verline has been snubbed officially by Force India and by Mercedes for 2017. Ouch. <laughs> <laughs> I actually read Pascal Verline's quote in the press release and, you know, he went about thanking Sauber and Mercedes and it was so corporate PR. I really wish he'd have turned up and said, guess what, Mercedes did not have the guts to sign me and hence I am now with Sauber. (laughs) (laughs) He would have been an absolute favorite on this podcast if he'd had the guts to say something like that. (laughs) And ironically, there are two other names that are doing the rounds while we wait for Valtteri Bottas' announcement. First is Valentino Rossi, the seven or maybe eight times MotoGP champion, and his arch-rival and former teammate Jorge Lorenzo, 
Of course, these names are being discussed by very, very hopeful fans. <laughs> I must add. I also seem to think what's happening is all the Formula One drivers are getting signed up. So the only names left in the reckoning are the MotoGP guys <laughs> <laughs> and Valtteri Bottas. <laughs> and we all know that lap times are a true measure in motorsport. And Jorge Lorenzo, we all know of his test with Mercedes a few months back. Uh, you know, he did a lap time in the 2014 Mercedes racing car which was as good as Nico Rosberg's, or so he claims. <laughs> well, though, Kunal, this is exactly why Nico Rosberg isn't regarded as top talent in Formula 1. Oh, come on. That is the hard <laughs> truth. A few hours in a Formula 1 car and Lorenzo, who has spent his entire life on two wheels, can go as quick as Rosberg. <laughs> that is just worrying and strange. Well... Lorenzo's account of the test is actually very interesting. So I'm not ignoring what you said about, you know, Lorenzo's lap time. I'll come to that. So he said that Rosberg's lap time was actually from the first test of 2014 under different conditions and possibly under different tires as well. So there you go. That's, your, that's the bit of justification from my side on Rosberg's part. But uh, what I really liked about Lorenzo's account of the testing was when he explained how telemetry showed him that he could corner 30 kilometers per hour faster if only his foot allowed him to do so. I think that's incredible. It's one of those rare interviews that explains driving a Formula One car to its absolute limit just so well. Unfortunately, Lorenzo has already made his biggest mistake in Formula One. And that's without actually, you know, being part of the Formula One circus. So he's gone and said that he would prefer Le Mans over Formula One. Oops. <laughs> yes, that's it. So basically, Bernie Ecclestone will never, ever, ever let him get a Formula One drive now. <laughs> so uh, Lorenzo also said one more thing. He said that he could consider Le Mans or Formula One once he retires from MotoGP. And I think that would be absolutely interesting if he were to actually follow... Sir John Surtees' footsteps, the only man to be world champion on two and four wheels. By the way, something really funny. When Toro Wolf called Zeche to inform him about Rosberg's retirement, Zeche's first reaction was that he assumed that the call was, you know, about Mercedes's bad boy, Lewis Hamilton. <laughs> <laughs> but let's not forget, the real bad boy of Formula One in 2016 was Esteban Gutierrez. And this was a title he won at the Inside Line F1 Podcast Awards. <laughs> a highly coveted title, I may add. <laughs> yes, because Hamilton and Sebastian Vettel were gunning for this title too. <laughs> <laughs> and Kimi Raikkonen, let's not forget the eternal bad boy. <laughs> Actually, one more instance that reminded me of our coveted and famous award. So, Carlos Sainz Jr. thanked Fernando Alonso yet again... And I'm not sure how many times he's already thanked him for his career in Formula One. <laughs> well, it seems that they didn't win the Bromance of the Year award in 2016 on our podcast awards. So now they are targeting it for 2017. <laughs> <laughs> on that note, if you guys haven't tuned in and heard and laughed along with us for the 2017 Inside Line F1 Podcast Awards, do remember to do so. There will be a link somewhere around the text where you're listening to us at the moment. Guys, please tune in. We promise <laughs> you all a hilarious time. But anyway, since we're on Alonso, I'd like to talk about McLaren. It seems that they can't get anything right these days. 
So there were rumors floating around their car launch dates and reports said that 19th February was the date when the team actually denied it. And yet <laughs> another uh, announcement from the team just minutes before we entered into the studio is that McLaren's date is the 24th of February, which actually clashes with that of Ferrari. So they're really trying to emulate a lot of teams and their success in 2017. So by the way, McLaren have already come up with a sponsor-friendly headline for 2017. And what they've said is, we would be disappointed with a fourth place finish in 2017. <laughs> so basically what they claim is that they're targeting a top three finish. <laughs> McLaren. <laughs> well, so much for McLaren saying that they are not targeting a title sponsor for 2017. But, you know, if this is what the business needs, then this is what one delivers. And in my view, this is the media equivalent of a low fuel lap in testing just to get everyone's attentions. And in, <laughs> in this point, I mean, everyone equals to a sponsor. Very interesting. Actually, the other point that got me pretty interested was Pirelli's claim. So they say that the 2017 tires will aid overtaking and will degrade less. In fact, they've shared some data and they've said that cars in 2017 will spend 70% of the lap on full throttle. And to compare, in 2016, the number was only 50%. That does sound monstrous to me and no wonder Felipe Massa is working so hard in the gym trying to get fit for his comeback. <laughs> comeback. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, a lot of drivers for that matter have put up videos on social media showing off their off-season preparations. <laughs> yes, in fact, Felipe Massa used that as his excuse to not attend the Inside Line F1 podcast <laughs> awards. <laughs> so anyway, what do we have next to talk about? So yes, I finally think I know why Ross Braun isn't making a comeback to Formula 1, you know, speaking of comebacks. <laughs> He's been speaking sense on a lot of points. And, you know, maybe that's why the sport isn't letting him make a comeback. <laughs> so he said that Formula One is reactive and that Formula One doesn't have a plan. Ouch. <laughs> Big ouch. And this is just when Liberty Media has bought a stake in Formula One. So Ross Braun also said something really interesting, saying that Formula One will have to choose over electric noise or electric power come the future. That's actually interesting and I'm wondering what I would pick, you know. Kunal, what would you pick? Um, I think I'd go for electric power and then figure whatever about the noise. Because I'm so not for any of these artificial fixes, just like the DRS. <laughs> I knew you were going to bring up the <laughs> DRS. <laughs> but, you know, you never know because uh, we're still ruled by Bernie Ecclestone. So if Dolby or Bose or any of the other electronics giants put a couple of million dollars sponsorship on Formula One, we will probably have electric noise over electric <laughs> power. The Haas, Magnussen and Renault triangle has made a lot of noise in the past week. And this is right after Kevin Magnussen said that he already feels at home at Haas. <laughs> like, that like, was quick. <laughs> yeah, and like we said earlier in the last week that Magnussen has made this statement without having driven a single lap of that Haas car. <laughs> I'm not sure how many days he's even spent in the factory or with the team for that matter. Very funny. But anyway, in this love-hate relationship, this triangle, Renault has accused Magnussen of not delivering as per his potential. And they've even questioned his commitment, <laughs> which would have surely hurt. And obviously, Haas has jumped in to defend their driver. It'll be interesting to see how 2017 goes for all of them. 
So to me, what's actually strange is that Haas has blocked Force India's early payment request for 2017. Kunal, that's a very interesting point, and it seems like the battles for 2017 have started already. <laughs> to be honest, I think it's fair, but not a fair move by Haas. And given specifically how cash-heavy Formula One is, so if all the other teams, including Williams and McLaren, Uh, you know who Force India beat in 2016 could agree to this request for early payment. I think Haas could have probably been a bit more supportive as well. Fair but not fair reminds me of Lewis Hamilton in Abu Dhabi. <laughs> <laughs> And I, I must tell you, there's nothing personal in this against Haas, just because I'm from a Force India. But uh, I'm still going to go back to the Renault story, and I'm actually really worried there because Frederick Vasseur has quit, and I hope I got the pronunciation right. And this is after convincing Nico Hulkenberg to sign for Renault, and they've had a past relationship through the Evan Grand Prix days, and you know a few other Formula A as well. So I'm not sure if this is good news for Hulkenberg, though. And yes, Renault has got a new ERS, they say, and I'd really like to see how things go for them. But for the moment, I'm actually concerned more about Renault as an engine supplier than as a team, because Red Bull Racing's fortunes. Rest on them, and by that logic, even Verstappen and Ricciardo's. And uh, guess what? So, Red Bull Racing has just said that the team will have to wait till mid-season to challenge for wins. Speaking of Max Verstappen, I read this pretty cool story about you know how he didn't make too much of a fuss, and he took the seat by the toilet in the economy class of an airplane because business class was full. <laughs> <laughs> this is much like him racing for Toro Rosso. Just because Red Bull Racing was full. <laughs> <laughs> This mid-season wait for victories, though, I don't think Max Verstappen is going to be too pleased about that. He's actually said that he's ready to fight for the World Championship in 2017. Well, World Drivers Championship or not, I really hope he's in the fight for it at least, because Formula One needs to make it tougher for Lewis Hamilton. And if Red Bull Racing can win in 2017. Ricciardo is going to be there too when he's not going to make it easy for Max Verstappen. In fact, he's been pretty honest, Ricciardo, in saying that if they're in the World Drivers Championship fight, his relationship with Max will be stable, but it's going to be hard. Yeah, don't we just love this honest Australian driver who's always smiling? I mean, he's just so much fun. So <laughs> I'm thinking Shuey. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway. Bernie Ecclestone has cast doubt if Red Bull Racing can win against Mercedes in 2017, and he says this because of the difference in engine power that we've always seen. This is actually the classic aerodynamics versus engine battle, I suppose. <laughs> I'd really love to know what Enzo Ferrari would have said about this because <laughs> I remember his quote where he said, "Aerodynamics are needed for people who can't build good engines." So. <laughs> That's actually coming true for Red Bull Racing yes. out here. <laughs> so back to Renault, Jolyon Palmer, Jonathan, who's also a former Formula One driver, has taken over the business of Donington Park. I think Donning Donington Park actually hosted a Grand Prix event once many years back, and uh, I, I think Ayrton Senna won the race there. But anyway, so Palmer Senior has actually got a lot of other classic circuits under his management. So. 
Once Jollyon retires, the X Formula One racer will have a few X Formula One circuits to manage, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> if only his father owned a Formula One team instead, both his sons would have had cockpits then for themselves. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe he can still buy a team and then go the extra testing on one of the tracks that he manages because. I think that Jollyon probably needs more mi- miles under his belt anyway. I <laughs> am <laughs> half expecting uh, him to buy a team in collaboration with Mr. Stroll, you know, father <laughs> of Lance Stroll. <laughs> Finally on Ferrari, no news is good news. I hope other than their car launch of 24th February, <laughs> which is now clashing with McLaren. <laughs> so Sergio Marchionne is set to retire in 2018 apparently. And now I know why he's pressurizing Ferrari to get back to their winning ways. He obviously wants to sign off on a high. Of course, when we speak of Ferrari, I'm reminded of Michael Schumacher. And news is that he has lost two more sponsors in the new year. And I'm sure it's a double-edged sword for these brands, given what he's going through. But one thing I can tell you is that Michael Schumacher won't be losing his fans anytime soon. But the good news for Michael Schumacher and all of us, his fans, would be that Ferrari is keen to sign Mick Schumacher onto their driver's program. And Kunal, it's going to give so many of us absolute goosebumps to see that scarlet red car with the name Schumacher on it again. Woo! Let's hope it happens soon. <laughs> <laughs> on that note, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, we hope you had a few good laughs this week as well. And just like each one of you, we are eagerly waiting for the first Grand Prix weekend of 2017. So remember to subscribe to us on iTunes and Audioboom for your weekly dose of Formula One humor. Thank you very much. Me, 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 but also you. <laughs> the Pharaoh fast forwards his favorite foreign film. Powder donut. <clears throat> okay, what's my line? Uh, the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the name your price tool from Progressive. Oh man, that's a tongue twister, huh? I'm sorry, I'm gonna need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous walrus, the bulbous walrus. The name your price tool, only from Progressive. The owl and a foul of the comatose coxswain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.